Okay, welcome to Random Bible Files with Russ. Moment in a word. Today, we're going to be talking about Paul and sarcasm. There's sarcasm in the Bible. You may not have thought so, but there is. I was surprised. I was uh, doing a, a Bible study via Zoom with my friend Matt, and he's in Nebraska, and I'm in South Dakota, and his dad was there. And his dad also happens to be a pastor, same as Matt. And he's also my friend. And we are talking. And I was talking about sarcasm and how, uh, you know, we we're talking about sin. And, uh, you know, and I can be a pretty sarcastic person. Pretty witty, if you might, you might say. And I think that comes from my father. Who also is pretty can be pretty witty, and my three brothers, and when all of us are together, if one person's attacking us, look out, you're in trouble. And I mean attacking in a verbal sense, not in a physical sense. But even in a physical sense, look out, you're in trouble. But still, we started we talked about sarcasm, and then he told me about Paul. He said Paul is pretty sarcastic. And I never thought about it. I never. Um, looked at anything the way in that fashion. So I did a little search. And, yeah, yeah, there's some sarcasm throughout the Bible. Some people might call it satire. Satire? Satire? Sat anyway, you know what I mean. You know, it just make it a little bit easier to uh, take. Maybe easier to understand. I have a couple of shirts. And I was trying to find them, so... I know I have them, I'm just not sure where they're at. They might be in a box upstairs, maybe. One says, across the, here it's a six loading, and it says 60%, and up the top it says, sarcasm loading. Then I have another shirt that says, amount of sarcasm depends on how stupid your question is. And that's kind of where my sarcasm comes from. People say there's no such thing as a stupid question, I beg to differ. There's all kinds of stupid questions out there. But anyways, let's just get going in here talking to Paul. And I'll admit, I didn't write this. I I did a little research and checking some of the verses just to uh, uh, make sure um, the verses match the thought here. And, and so I, I did that. But I didn't actually write this. So I, got, I pulled this from two different sites that I had looked at. And so, give the first portion of this, talking about uh, false sarcasm to the Galatians, I believe. It's Galatians first, and then the Corinthians. Yeah, it is. So this is from the site, from the site, um, BibleStudy.org. BibleStudy.org. And I encourage anybody, you want to look up a specific type of thing in the Bible, you can do a good search. I wouldn't use some of those out there that are um, I, I personally don't use Google or anything I use very little Google or anything I try not to but um, sometimes you don't really have a choice I would pick one of the more like a DuckDuckGo or, or Brave uh, something that's not going to uh, 
this they cut your stuff down so much. But anyways, let's just get into it. This is from uh, BibleStudy.org. Humor of the Apostle Paul is almost always sub subtle and usually requires in-depth research to appreciate it both. His writings, which can be hard to comprehend, like 2 Peter 3, 16, means that the funny, albeit usually sarcastic and cutting, side of his personality is sometimes hidden. Paul's humor was shaped by his early education and practice in the strict religious teaching teachings of the Pharisees. And we see that in Philippians 3, 5-6, Acts 23-6, and 26-5. The Jews, and especially their religious leaders, were known for their sarcasm. And I'm gonna, I'll be reading a scripture on this one. Uh, Mark 15-21. Religious Jews were known for their sarcasm. And those who passed by deride him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, you would be would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself. Come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with their scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the king of the Israel Come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reveled him. Alright, so you got the hey, come on down here. You know, they're being taunting, they're being sarcastic on what they're saying to the to the Christ. Hanging on the cross. Of course they didn't believe he was the Christ. You know, we we know now and I would be sitting there going, hey, come on, are you knowing who he is? No. They didn't believe who he was. They were taunting him. They were being sarcastic with him. This article discusses the cutting humor of Paul. And it relates to the first century controversial topic of circumcision. His rebuke of false teachers troubling the churches in Galatia is the best example in the New Testament of his sometimes confrontation and caustic personality. Before proceeding with our Galatians 5 example of Paul's humor, however, a little background needs to be covered in order to understand the context of his statement. The belief that circumcision was necessary for salvation was firmly held by some in the early church. This issue came to head in 49 AD when Paul and others hotly opposed hotly opposed in Syrian Antioch those promoting this doctrine. This is Acts 15.1. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. That's what they were promoting. And so Paul came down hotly opposed such teaching. The Jerusalem conference held to settle the matter concluded that God did not require circumcision for salvation. That's in Acts 15, 10-11 and 19-20 and I have those down here. Acts 15, 10-11 then verse 19-20. Now therefore, 
why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the necks of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? That is the yoke of the law, and they have been able to bear it. But we believe that we will be saved through grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as they will. Therefore, verse 19, Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those in the Galatians Gentile, of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols, and from sexual morality, and from what has been strangled, and from blood. The Apostle Paul not only attended the conference, but was also was active in the debates that took place. In the debates that took place. Sarcastic humor. Paul, <laughs> this is good. Paul, after the Jerusalem Conference, conducts his second missionary journey where he visits the churches of Galatia and he, he founded in order to strengthen their faith. It is soon after his journey that we encounter his biting sense of humor. He writes the book of Galatia. Upon discovering that those among whom he labored in preaching and teaching the truth are now adopting a false version of the gospel. False version of the gospel. Paul's, Paul, Paul's anger and amazement at what is happening in Galatia builds as we progress in as we progress in his epistles in Galatians. His anger in amazement of what is happening in Galatians builds as we progress in his epistle. Galatians 1, 6-9, 3, 1-4, and 4, 9-11, and I do have all those now, okay. Galatians 1, 6-9, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ. And are turning to different gospels. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want you to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. So they're sitting there listening to a gospel that's the gospel of Christ, but it's being distorted, it's being added to. They're probably saying you have to be circumcised. That's part of the gospel of Christ. That's a law. That's a works thing. That's not a grace thing. Galatians 3, 1-4. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing it with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. So, Senior, did you receive 
you know, he said, let me ask you, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? By doing things, did you receive Spirit? Or did you receive it by faith? Having been taught by the Spirit, or are you being perfected by the flesh? So you, you see what he's doing here. He's contrasting things, and you know he's being a bit, you know, he's being a bit sarcastic, uh, quite frankly. But no, now Galatians 4, 9 to 11. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. So you want to go back? the worldly ways of being enslaved through the world again when you're free in God I may have labored in vain well, I, I would feel bad about that well everything I did was in vain for nothing and that's how Paul's feeling probably feeling a bit angry I would imagine it reaches a crescendo chapter 5 when he directs sarcastic humor towards those pushing the necessity of circumcision for salvation. The Apostle Paul states, I would that they, those spreading this false doctrine of circumcision, would even make themselves eunuchs. Verse 12, and I don't normally listen to use this version of the Bible, but I didn't look it up to, I didn't, well I looked it up, but and so it's fine. I didn't put it in here. Um, I didn't attach it, but I don't normally use this. But it does teach. <laughs> it gives it gives you the thing, right? It gives you the idea here. The Apostle Paul states, "I would that they, those spreading this false doctrine, would have made themselves eunuchs." Verse twelve. The Living Bible renders this verse. I only wish these teachers who want to cut yourselves by being circumcised would cut themselves off from you and leave you alone. His humor is now evident. Circumcision is the cutting away of the male's foreskin. An act Jewish converts experienced shortly after birth. The zeal of those already circumcised to push adult Gentiles in the church to partake of the painful practice, which does not change one's standing with God. Galatians 5.6 is unacceptable to Paul. Being circumcised doesn't change your standing with God. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcised counts for anything but only faith working through love. Paul's humor rebukes the false teachers by stating they should redirect their energy away from having someone else's foreskin cut too, since they are already circumcised, cutting out their own testicles. Lastly, while they are doing that, they should also cut themselves away from the bothering God's people in the church. 
right? Let's see how much more do I have here. Okay. So we have Paul here hammering on using sarcasm with the early church of the Galatians. The Galatian people. Going back to the circumcision thing. And this is from earlychurchhistory.org. This is Paul and the Corinthians. Paul, often called St. Paul, could be a firebrand. He was just what God needed to ignite the early church. Paul wrote 14 of the New Testament books, 27 books. Oh, Paul wrote 14 of the New Testament's 27 books. From 501,190 words, Paul penned are some of the most cherished words in the world. Some of the early church words, however, were biting and sarcastic, as were these words to the wayward, immoral, and gullible church in Corinthians who had been deceived from proper doctrine by others calling themselves apostles of Christ and were impunging Paul's work. Impunging? That no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerance, tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since Many of the false apostles are boasting in the way the world does. I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts you on airs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we are too weak for that. We're too weak to be taken in like that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I speak as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am not out of my mind. I am out of, oh, sorry. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am, I am more. I am more than what all these people say they are. That's 2 Corinthians 11, 16-23, written around 55 AD. In this instance, Paul was furious when he heard what was going on in Corinthians. In Corinth, Corinth. He was protective of his new covenant converts, the supposed apostles who had entered Corinth had corrupted the gospel Paul had preached to them, and they even demanded to be paid. The Corinthians embraced the new idea and had lapped up everything these super apostles had taught them. Paul was not happy, as to one can see from his sarcasm. The Oxford English Dictionary defined sarcasm, and I looked this up just to verify that that is what it was, and it is, so I'm good with that, but define sarcasm as a way of using words that are opposite of what you mean in 
or to be unpleasant to somebody or take make fun of them. Our English word sarcasm has its roots in the Greek word sarcasian, sarcasian, zen, or sarcasian, to speak bitterly, sneer, literally to strip off the flesh. Strip off the flesh. The Greek word sarx, genitively sarkos, means flesh. Sarx means flesh. Properly a piece of meat, sarcasm is aimed to hurt to hurt. Sarcasm is sometimes precipitated by anger, and Paul was in full bloom. He was in full bloom with the anger. He goes on in his second letter to the Corinthians. I have made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. Sorry if I had a panic look there, or if you're here in the podcast, I kind of went silent a little bit. Um, I had to sneeze, and so I had to pause it real quick, and all that stuff's on my separate, different screen. Okay, back to where, uh, let's just start right at the top here. I have made a fool of myself, but you have drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles. Even though I am nothing, I preserve and demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders, and miracles. How were you inferior to the other churches, except that I was never a financial burden to you? Give me this, forgive me this wrong, 2 Corinthians 12, 11-13. Paul was using forceful words and sarcastic words with the Corinthians. Apparently, when he was among them, he was not a ch- char- oh, He was not a charismatic speaker, unimpressive, and his speaking amounts to nothing. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters, for some say his letters were weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people should realize that we are in our letters when we are absent, we will be in our actions when we are present. 2 Corinthians 10, 9-11 Paul warns them he will be more stern and weighty when he returns to them. If they don't repent and return to the gospel, he preached to them. It seems from this passage that Paul's pen was mightier than his personal presence. Yes, that's it. Anyways, we see how Paul he didn't play around. I don't think he played around at all. He used sarcasm. And if you do, if you do a search, you'll find that there's a quite a bit of sarcastic sarcastic like talk in there. Um, I know I'm a sarcastic I can be, I can be a very sarcastic person. That's why I said, I gotta watch it, because you know what? It don't take much to lead into sin. I don't think it takes, if you already got a a kind of a natural bent to that, I don't think it takes too much to lead into sin, where you become 
overly sarcastic, if you will. Anyways, if you like my videos, you like my podcast, please give me a like, subscribe, share me with others. I can be heard on YouTube, Random Bible Thoughts with Russ, on Spotify, Random Bible Thoughts with Russ, and various other podcast platforms. You can read or hear me on uh, Russ, Russ BibleThought.blogspot.com. And there may be, oh, on GodTube also, Random Bible Thoughts with Russ. So if you search Random Bible Thoughts with Russ or Random Bible Thoughts, Thoughts with Russ, Moment in the Word, you're going to find me. I am out there. Um, but I'd really appreciate a like, comments. If you want to send me a, a letter or something, you can send it to Melchizedek like Christ at gmail.com. That's Melchizedek like Christ at gmail.com. And that is today's Moment in Word. God bless.